Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? If you have, the best answer for doing one is Anchor. Anchor is your one-stop shop for recording, posting, and distributing your podcast. Anchor is available to download for your Apple or Android devices, or you can go to anchor.fm. Best of all, it's 100% free and so easy to use. So what are you waiting for? If you want to start your own podcast, download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. Anchor, the best way to make your podcast. is the Mofobo Network Podcast, bringing you the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. Now, here's your host, Neil Villapiano. All right, what is going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the MoFobo Network Podcast. As always, I am your host, Neil Villapiano, and again, I am super excited to have you guys listen in and check out these episodes. It means a lot to me, and uh, I'm glad you guys are taking some time out of your, uh, well, it depends on you know what you're doing inside the house during the quarantine on your busy day, but nonetheless... We have a bunch to get through. Today, we are going to be focusing on the sport of soccer or football or however however you like to pronounce it. And we're going to be more specific and talk about the Premier League in England, obviously, and arguably the, the best soccer league in the entire world. I know some people would have opinions on other leagues, but in my opinion, I think the best league in soccer is definitely the Premier League. And fortunately for me... I am not alone as today I am joined by a good friend who I had the pleasure of getting to know about a year ago or around the summertime and we actually got to go to a uh, Sky Blue FC match with our good buddy Stephen Durso about a year ago and that was fun and uh, he's a big Manchester United fan. We talk about Man U all the time. I'm a big Liverpool fan so obviously we have a little bit of that rivalry going but it is a um, it is a pleasure to have him on, and, and we welcome on to the Mofobo Network podcast, Mr. Garrett Novak. Garrett, how you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Neil. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. We're happy to have you on. So let's just kind of jump right into it. So just before we had our last results of this Premier League season, which was back on March 9th of this year, uh, the top three teams in the Premier League were Leicester City, Manchester City, and obviously Liverpool, with Liverpool having a nearly 30-point lead on second-place Manchester City. And your club, Man United, was down at the fifth spot with 45 points and looking like that they will probably be one of the top teams going into the Europa League uh, next season. So my first question to you, Garrett, is this. When you found out that the 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 Premier League was shutting down because of the coronavirus. What was your initial reaction? Oh, it was it was tough, mostly because I watch it pretty much every weekend, um, following it very very closely, and to see it pause for now is is tough because or not just all sports in general, but really soccer is so big for me. Mm. Um, so it's been a struggle getting used to it. Um, thankfully. I know there are some Premier League classic matches on TV that I've been able to watch a few of, 
Um, so that kind of helped a little bit, but it's not the same as uh, the current season right now. Um, it's a bummer, too, because I know that there was a Premier League fan fest in Philadelphia um, towards the beginning of April. I was actually going to try to go to that and unfortunately had to postpone that, too. So um, we're, we're getting by, but it's, it's not easy, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it still is a shock even now as we're almost a month into a quarantine that we're still without not just Premier League soccer, but soccer in general and, and even sports in general. We just haven't seen a live sporting event in pretty much a month. And it, it's still crazy uh, to think about it. But, um, you know, we do have a lot of soccer teams doing their best to keep their fans involved and keeping them, you know, somewhat active with throwing out like exercise videos. And like you mentioned, classic matches. I actually got to see uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's first goal in the Champions League uh, when he was with Manchester United back in the day. And it, it's, it's kind of weird to see him, A, in a Manchester United kit, because I think a lot of people tend to forget that he, that he's, that he was with Manchester United. And just to see how young he was, too, is, is also kind of like a crazy thing, because he, had a, he clearly had a lot more hair uh, back in the day as opposed to uh, what he has now. But... You know, it's good that uh, we're, you know, people are trying to find new ways to um, to keep people involved and to keep people watching the sport and to have something to look forward to. I, I know in in my world with all the other sports, you know, leagues have done a good job of keeping fans uh, entertained throughout this difficult time. But let's now focus on the the league itself before it all sh- shut down. So. Why don't we talk about your team, Manchester United? Now, they've had kind of an interesting up-and-down year. They've been in the news quite often, especially when it came to a lot of interest from some of the top uh, players when it came to trans- transfers. I know the big one was obviously trying to get Erling Haaland from, uh, Red- from, the- from Red Bull, and unfortunately it-, it kind of fell through and he ended up going to Borussia Dortmund. But my question to you, Garrett, is this. When those reports first came out that Manchester United was very, very interested in bringing in Halan and everything, what was your feeling towards it? And did you have the confidence and the belief that Man United was going to find a way to bring him in? Um, well, it's, it's definitely great with a club as big as United. You know, they're linked to so many players. And obviously, the meteoric rise of Holland has been one we haven't seen in a while. Maybe the only one that comes to mind is Kylian Mbappe mm. in probably the past decade, I'd say. And maybe Neymar um, when he was at Santos. Um, but and obviously, it's great to see those fantastic young players being linked to such a club. Um, just it's, it's just been the past few years and how the club has been run in terms of the transfers and um, and that whole side of things that they've really kind of fallen behind in the past six, seven years since after Alex Ferguson retired. They haven't really had that that pull of such a of such an iconic manager to kind of paper over the cracks. And I think the past few years, and especially since Ferguson retired, you definitely start to see those cracks more and the cracks have gotten bigger. Um, so definitely frustrating. Um, but I know that, um, you know, it's it's definitely not over. Holland could certainly end up at United in the future, especially with the uh, Norwegian connection between uh, the current manager, Oliver Solskjaer, and Holland himself. Um yeah, it's done a little bit, but at the same time, the attacking options that we have now, um, I currently like, and you know, who we were able to bring in, which ended up being Odi Nagalo from China, um, having previously played in the Premier League with Watford, yep. um, he's, he's done a good job so far, and I didn't have very high, I didn't have many expectations for him, just hoping he would really do the job as well as he could, and 
so far he's he's holding up his end of the bargain. Yeah, I, I know early on he was criticized quite often for some of the moves that he was making and also his relationship with Pogba. I know that that's still kind of up in the air as, as opposed to, you know, figuring out, you know, where, you know, what where Pogba is going to be next season and everything. I know bringing in Bruno Hernandez was also a pretty big signing from Sporting from Sporting and I think that that was something that uh gave people a lot of confidence in in Old Gunner. So that kind of, you know, you kind of answered the next question I was going to ask you about your opinion on how you feel Old Gunner has done and if you would like to see him continue to be the manager uh, in the future. Uh, I, I would say long term. I don't know if he's the answer, but I think what he's done so far, he's been extremely inconsistent because he's had fantastic results, honestly, you think back on the night in Paris in the Champions League coming back from coming back from that aggregate deficit to uh, win on away goals against PSG. Right. Um, obviously, that's one of the highlights of his short managerial career so far. Um, you think of even this year, doing the lead double on both Chelsea and Manchester City, and I think on City the first time in over a decade, which, especially how quickly and how large City have grown, that's a fantastic accomplishment nowadays. It's not easy to beat them um, with what they've done. Right. Um, those... He's definitely had those, some iconic victories and moments in his United career as a manager. Um, but then there's also the inconsistencies of just dropping points to teams that you would think you, walk, you would walk in and think, oh, that would be you know, a solid three points and a pretty easy three points. You know, mm. Perfect example, the third week of the season, they lose 2-1 to Crystal Palace. And I remember watching that game um, and just seeing them barely holding on to a draw and then De Gea making a mistake and ended up costing them the game right at the very end. Mm. Um, you know, even in September, losing 2-0 to West Ham, which you know, on paper you think, okay, West Ham's not a bad team. But if you look at the table, they're 16th right now. They've been, they've been surprisingly disappointing this season. Um, you're dropping points to Newcastle earlier in the season as right. well. Um, just even scrolling through a list of Bournemouth with dropping points. And dropping points to Watford as well. Just the, the list of fixtures where you would think that they would get at the very least a point of something went wrong or all three points and then end up coming away with nothing has been frustrating and I know it's definitely frustrating for a lot of other United fans um, but it's, it's been an extremely mixed bag and I hope he continues to, continue to do well I think long term I don't I don't know if only specific, specifically is the answer um, but the type of discipline and overall mentality that he's trying to instill in the players right now uh, is a good one, and I hope that that continues. Yeah. No, I mean, it, you, you make a lot of very valid points. You know, I, I'm I'm still, you know, slowly but churning, learning more and more about the game, and I remember when, you know, Ole Gunnar came in. I, I thought it was just very cool with his, you know, just his name in general. I thought it was kind of a cool name for, like, a head coach or a manager. I, I thought that was pretty cool. And yeah, I mean, I've heard positive things, especially over the last couple of of weeks and so, especially now that a lot of people have had time to reflect, that it seems that people have gotten to a more positive outlook on him as opposed to, you know, when he was struggling early on. Uh, one guy, uh, one player that has really been linked the last couple of weeks specifically to go to pot, to go to Manchester United is Jadon Sancho from Borussia Dortmund. Now, Sancho clearly has been rumored to go to about half of the teams in the Premier League. And I know that Borussia Dortmund's uh, ownership basically said that he can go if he wants to. He has 
the, the right to go, but they are not going to sell him for anything less than what he's worth. And he is worth a considerable amount of money to the point where I've heard that already several clubs have kind of backed out of it. Do you believe that Manchester United will remain in the hunt to get Jaden Sancho? Do you think that they will ultimately pay the transfer money that Borussia Dortmund is looking for? And if if they don't, do you see them going after any other big name guys, maybe like a Harry Kane or even Timo Werner from uh, the Bundesliga? Yeah. Um, so first off, Jaden Sancho, it would be a heck of a story for United considering he is a former City youth prospect and mm. played with Manchester City before going to Borussia Dortmund. So that would be a, a huge story changing uh, the blue side of Manchester to red, which would obviously be great for me. Yeah, of course. Uh, he's an outstanding talent. He's posted double-digit goals and assists, I believe, in two seasons. He's been with Borussia Dortmund, and he, he just looks like he has that special something that can just turn a game on his head and either puts the ball in the back of the net or what he's been doing a lot, a lot more is providing for his teammates and getting them into the positions and giving them the opportunities to score, which I think is something that United definitely – need a little bit more of that they, they got a bit more of with the Bruno Fernandez signing but could always use a bit more. Um, also beneficial that he plays on the right-hand side, which is a position that United seem to be lacking in the past past couple of years as well. Mm. As far as getting the deal done, I mean, United are one of the biggest clubs financially in the world, if not the biggest. I believe they're definitely up there with the Real Madrid and the Barcelonas in, in terms of financials. So they definitely have the chance to be able to sign them as far as actually paying the fee, I, I think it's, it's going to come down to the team that handles that. So you look at people like Edward Ward that handle the, the financials of the club. And yeah. I think it's going to come down to him determining if that's a good investment. You see him open the checkbook for players like Harry Maguire, who is now the most expensive British transfer in the Premier League of mm. all time, I believe. And especially... especially in terms of defenders, breaking the record that Liverpool set from buying that night. Mm. So it, he, he potentially could open the checkbook, and I think it would be a great signing. Um, he definitely needed to get some game time when he left Manchester City just to get that experience, and he's shown that in another league, especially in the Bundesliga, which is not an easy league to play in, certainly. He's, he's been showing that, that he, he's got the potential to be able to be a fantastic player, and it would be a great signing. Um, in terms of those other big names for someone like a Harry Kane or a Timo Werner, I I don't know if they specifically fit the plan of what Oliver Solskjaer has. Um, particularly for Harry Kane, I feel I kind of hope Harry Kane becomes the one club man with Spurs. Um, he's done so much for the club, um, and obviously it would be nice to have him on United squad. But I, I don't I don't think he steps in um, and. And really takes the spot of someone like a Martial or a Rashford, mostly because they've been with the club for a while. And I think that William right. uh, or Solskjaer prefer that. Uh, Timo Werner would be another great signing, but I think it's kind of the same thing. I think that um, I think he might be a little bit of a better fit than Harry Kane, um, but I'm not sure if if Werner would be willing to make that move. I think I've, I've definitely seen the rumors for him. He'd probably want to go more towards Liverpool. Right. I feel like which would be a fantastic signing for them as much as I would hate to see it. <laughs> I mean, I, I certainly would love it. I, I, I know that he's been rumored heavily to go to Liverpool. I am curious to see uh, what moves that Liverpool would have to make in order to make that work because I know that he's going to be worth 
quite a considerable amount of money. And yes, Liverpool still has a good amount of money for transferring nonetheless. But at the same time, there are going to be some guys that may be on the move. And I know one guy that people were talking about was possibly Sadio Mane leaving to go to some other big club to maybe get more of a recognition because some people believe that he's not getting the recognition that he deserves, which I disagree with wholeheartedly. But, you know, that's just kind of the, that's kind of the uh, the consensus from people, I think, outside of the Liverpool um you know, a fan uh, club, so to speak, or just a fan base that people are saying it. Now, another guy that really threw me for a loop was a report that came out about a week ago that ESPN put out that Matthias DeLitt is being heavily rumored also to go to Manchester United. Now, it blew my mind, first of all, that Juventus is even thinking about moving him after they signed him less than a year ago. But it already sounds like that for for the manager, Saudi, it's, he's that the lid is not fitting into the system that Saudi has. Now, I should know because I'm a big Napoli fan that Saudi has a very specific way of dealing with uh, def- de- defensive players in general and the, the way he wants to uh, develop them. I mean, Koulibaly uh, speaks for, you know, speaks for, you know, Saudi in the way that development goes. But Garrett, what would your feeling be, or what is your feeling to be more specific towards the rumors of maybe Matisse DeLitt being uh, targeted to possibly go to uh, Old Trafford? I mean, that would, that would probably be one of the best by cars in England if, if that were to be the case, um, especially because DeLitt is still so young. I believe he's still only 20 years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that would be an, an immediate upgrade to the back line. I think the other reports I've seen is potential, potential swap deal for Cole Pogba to potentially you know, shift him away if that were to be the case, if Pogba doesn't want to be at United anymore. So it's, it's, it's definitely exciting because you see that you have the combination of Dillon and Harry Maguire, two of, um, in my opinion, two fantastic centre-backs, with Dillon being um, definitely one of the top ones in the world on his day. Um, and McGuire certainly holding up his end of the bargain. Um, you could definitely see that being a backline that would be extremely difficult to get past. Right. Um, I'm sorry, I certainly love it, but you know, again, unfortunately, right now there are currently rumors, and um, I'm not sure if it's something that could definitely be pulled off. Right. Well, I mean, the the fun part about the the world of the world of soccer is that there's always rumors about players, pretty much on a daily basis. You know, people saying left and right as to whether or not this person's going. I know the the biggest, uh, almost like soap opera rumor that you can have is uh, when is uh, Neymar going to be leaving PSG to go to wherever? Because obviously, it sounds like for about the eighty fifth thousand time that Neymar wants out of PSG. But you know, there's there's a there, there's a lot of those rumors out there. So. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what Man United can do. It'll be intriguing to see how the Premier League and soccer in Europe in general handles, you know, the the transfers and contracts, you know, because unfortunately with the coronavirus, a lot of things get put on hold. But let's shift uh, back to just talking about the, the Premier League in general. And let's talk about, for both of us, a player that we believe has stood out uh, this Premier League season. So for me... The guy that stands out is obviously Jamie Vardy from Leicester City. And you look at his uh, his stats this year, and it has just been impressive what he's done in 19 goals, four assists in 26 matches played. Now, a lot of people have felt that Jamie Vardy has kind of, his skills have kind of declined, uh, you know, because he's getting up there in age and everything. But the fact that he's still able to have the success that he's having and to help Leicester City put themselves just four points behind Man City for the second spot 
in the Premier League standings is nothing short of incredible. I mean, there are obviously other younger players that have definitely stood out. There's no question about it. But for me, Jamie Vardy, who was one of the players that I originally, you know, fell in love with when I first started watching the Premier League and hearing about his story and where he came from, just shows you the type of determination that he really has. So for me, Jamie Vardy is the guy that really has stood out this season in the Premier League from my end. What 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 player stands out to you, Garrett? Yeah, well, there were there were definitely two of them that I had my eyes on for I would say player of the season. Um, first, Jamie Vardy was not one of mine, but you're exactly right. And he's he's in line for the Golden Boot right now. He's leading the race in terms of goals scored for the season. Um, and he's a fantastic story. If you have not heard his story, essentially coming from non-league football and rising up the ranks, um, and then really I would say his, his ultimate accomplishment is helping. Um, I believe winning the Golden Boot the year that Leicester City won the Premier League in the 2015-16 season and playing such a, a vital role. Yes. Um, maybe not being named the player of the year in terms of the Premier League, I believe that was Riyad Mahrez, who was his Leicester teammate at the time. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy Vardy um, was undoubtedly one of the best strikers in the league for that season, um, especially setting the new record for consecutive goal, consecutive games with a goal scored. Fortunately, setting the record against my Manchester United. <laughs> um, and I remember watching oh, that game, and it, I believe it ended in a draw, but I was happy for him because you could see how much he had worked to get to that point. Um, but getting back on track, my, my two players that I really had picked out for this season, and I apologize if I, if I have two instead of only having one, <laughs> um, one of which in terms of stat-wise is Kevin DeBoyne. Mm. And you look at his stats with eight goals and 60 assists in the league before we stopped playing. I mean, he is so imperative and so vital to the way that Manchester City play and just how creative and hit he is and how influential he is. And he's, he's nothing short of a world-class central midfielder and creator for the team. And just every time he's on the ball and every time you think that he's going to create something, he, he does, and it is outstanding. Yeah. Unfortunately, he plays for the Crosstown Rivals, my favorite club, but he, he's fantastic. And you... You really can't hate the guy as far as his talent. Um, the other player that I have bookmarked in is one that the stats don't really show how how critical he's been. Is actually from uh, from your team, Neil, from Liverpool. It's Jordan Henderson. Yes. And I've been seeing, been seeing reports you. and articles I read of how Jordan Henderson should be considered for Player of the Year from the PFA for for um, Football Association in England and. I, I would not be disappointed if he won because you see how influential, maybe not statistically, but just as a leader of men and just how much he lives and breathes in Liverpool and just and that team and what he does to get everybody week in and week out along with the other leaders on the team to continue to grind out victories and perform at such a high level. And that, I think... I don't think he will win player of the season, but he should definitely be in the consideration. He's been someone that um, you know, has been with Liverpool for so long and yep. helped them get to this point and helped them end that title drought. Um, I think deserves recognition. I mean, he's, been, he's been outstanding, um, especially from a leadership standpoint. Well, I, for one, am very appreciative of the fact that you recognize, you know, Jordan Henderson's ability because, yeah, I mean, you look at his stats this year, three goals, five assists, nothing to write home about, but what people tend to forget about Jordan Henderson is that he has been a leader ever since he got to Liverpool. Even before he was named captain, he was con- people considered him to be one of the leaders of the team. He was there during the difficult years where the team was 
was getting close to the point of being a Premier League competitor, but but not there yet. And he always, you know, loved, and he still does to this day, loves being at Liverpool, loves being part of that of the great organization that, you know, Liverpool is the great club that they are. And I think if you were to do a poll with the, with all the players, Premier League, I think he would be considered to be one of the most likable players in the Premier League and also to be considered one of the biggest leaders when it comes to representing the Premier League. Because yeah, we do have a lot of stars in the Premier League that people associate with, you know, with uh, Harry Kane and Kevin De Bruyne and Sergio Aguero and other guys like that. But when you talk about leadership and you talk about somebody who's super passionate about the club that he's at, I think Jordan Henderson is really up there. And another thing that's great is that he has never been tempted to go somewhere else and try to maybe get a a better opportunity to maybe pat on his stats a lot more because he's mostly concerned about winning as much as possible. And I remember when Liverpool just last year won the Champions League against Tottenham and I could see the amount of happiness and, and and just joy that he had on his face, especially because of what happened the year before, losing to Real Madrid in the Champions League final. And to finally bring back a European title to Liverpool um, and being the captain of the Liverpool squad uh, meant a whole lot to him. So I, for one, do agree that he should be up there when it comes to being you know, uh, one of the best players in the league and one of the most respected players in the league. Because again, he just doesn't, you know, do anything to irritate his opponents. He is a class act both on and off the pitch. And that's what makes him great. So we have a, you know, two or three minutes left here. So quickly, we want to, we want to look at the standings one more time. And I want to look towards the bottom at the 18th, 19th and 20th range, obviously with those three teams being in danger of relegating. And that's Bournemouth, Aston Villa and Norwich. Now, because we are on pause and we have no idea as to, you know, when the Premier League is going to restart, do you think, Garrett, that there's a possibility that Bournemouth, Aston Villa and Norwich could be prevented from being relegated, um, you know, because of the fact that we are in a stoppage and that we we don't know how we're going to restart the season or maybe we just jump into next season? Yeah, that's a tough one. I I have been seeing reports from other leagues that might have suspended the season or ended the season early, saying that there that there would not be a relegation for some for uh, those teams. And I'm trying to remember what league it was, but I can't off the top of my head. Um, I would say for some of those teams, for example, for Norwich, um, I think it would be tough considering they're at the bottom. But I think it would make sense considering they've been injured plagued since the start of the season and. I think it's tough, but I think the way that the bottom three have played out, 
Um, I think relegation, as unfortunate as it would be, would probably be the right move. Um, yeah. but I also would not be surprised to see um, the Premier League and the FA take steps uh, like other countries and other leagues have where maybe preventing relegation just for this one season due to the coronavirus. Yeah, you know, and, and you, you know, it, it's tough because when you look at even the the the, the championship league, and you got Leeds, West Brom, and Fulham as the top three teams in there, it's it's like, do you do you give them the opportunity, you know, if you just restart next season to you know replace those three teams at the bottom, or do you just restart because you put in all because you know those teams would be you know infuriated because they're so close to reaching you know the Premier League to be denied because of yeah. the pandemic it is totally. Um, unfortunate but uh you know we'll, we'll see again we just don't have the answers right now and i know things will probably change especially once we get to may 1st because i know the premier league says that they're not going to make any really big changes until that may 1st so we got a couple more weeks and uh right now we're just going to get a lot of speculation before that but that is going to yeah. uh that is going to do it uh for this edition of the mofobo network podcast and Garrett it was a pleasure to have you on my friend and I definitely am going to have you on once again in the future especially when we get a couple more answers about uh, what's going to happen in the Premier League so but just before you go real quick could you just tell the folks at home how people can stay in contact with you yeah absolutely um, I, I am on Twitter um, at Garrett Novak 03 with two R's and two T's um, I don't post much but when I do I think it's fantastic um, that's that's really that's really all I follow up on in terms of uh, social media. Um, definitely go check that out. Um, definitely also support Neil. Um, I will take a page out of Jimmy's book from uh, from the other week. Um, but this man did just write another book that I have not got my hands on yet. That uh, that I do need to, especially with all this extra downtime that I have. Mm. Um, so definitely go check it out. Um, and yeah, that's that's really all I got. I just thank you, Neil. It's been it's been a lot of fun, and I definitely hope I'll be back on here again. Absolutely. So. Uh, I appreciate also the fact that you mentioned my book. As always, as I say, uh, make sure to go check out that book on Amazon.com. J-E-T-S, pain, 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 the pain and suffering of being a Jets fan. It's it's for uh, the price of $19.69 if you're a Jets fan. You kind of know why I put that uh, put that price out there. But uh, also make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. You can find it on Anchor.com. Just search my name, Neil Villapiano or Mofopo Network. And you will find it also to like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network YouTube channel. I will have a video out in the next couple of days. It's been a little busy, obviously, with Easter uh, and uh, and everything. But, um, you know, you know, we'll, we'll get stuff done. And also make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram. For Twitter, it's The NVP Show, T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at NVP. QB11. So those are my social media channels. And always, if you guys have any suggestions, you know, make sure to message me on those social medias or on the YouTube channel or wherever. And I will definitely take them into consideration because I always like to hear from you guys. But Garrett, real quick, I also wanted to say a, a happy Easter to you and your family. And I uh, hope that it's a good one. And thank you all very much for tuning in today. And as I always say to conclude every single podcast episode, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what struggles you're dealing with and everything, especially with nowadays, always remember to kick some Mofobo. For Garrett Novak, I'm Neil Bell Piano. This has been another edition of the Mofobo Network Podcast, and we will see you very soon. Happy Easter and goodbye.